This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on Sirius XM. You're listening to Mastering Innovation on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Hello and welcome back. I'm Nikolai Zigoko, co-director of the Mac Institute and professor of management here at Wharton. And this is Mastering Innovation on Sirius XM's Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Uh, now I'm thrilled to welcome Nancy Lublin, the founder and CEO of Crisis Text Line. Previously, Nancy was the CEO of DoSomething.org for 12 years, a global nonprofit organization that motivates young people to make positive changes, both online and offline. And her first venture was Dress for Success, which helps women transition from welfare to work in almost 150 cities now in 22 countries. Nancy, welcome to the show and thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Nikolai. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. So, Nancy, Crisis Text Line is sort of one of those great examples, right, of how by connecting previously unconnected people, one can create so much value. Please just tell us a bit more about Crisis Text Line. What do you do? How does it work? Yeah, it's 24-7 support at your fingertips. We want to make it easy as possible to get help. So use the thing in your pocket, right? Um, people text, so that's the number one way that they communicate, so they should be able to text for help. And we help people move from a hot moment to a cool calm, all by text. And tell us a bit more about what kind of hot moments are you talking about? Because uh, I have some students yeah. who sometimes have hot moments in my classroom, but I don't think they, they should text you. <laughs> well, good question. You know, I expected when we launched it was all going to be about bullying, but actually the range of issues is so much more diverse. So your students are probably experiencing anxiety, panic attacks. Mm -hmm. we, we get a lot of that. Yep. The top issues we see are anxiety, depression, relationships, um, and actually self-harm. Self-harm mm. is a big thing that we see a lot of. Mm. Uh, and so kind of the idea, I mean, uh, we had helplines all the time, right? Uh, but sort of the idea to go to text, where, where did this idea come from? It's true. Hotlines have been around for a long time, and I hope they continue for a long time and people continue to fund them. I think everything should be available to people. Phone. Mm -hmm. I mean, when it's possible to use a hologram to do um, counseling, that should be available, too. Um, counseling by Tupac Shakur hologram, I'm fine with that. Mm -hmm. um, so the, the idea came from, it was kind of born out of the rib of do something. Like you said, I was the CEO yeah. there for 12 years. And um, do something is all... Uh, young people, right? It's about six million members, um, young people who want to do social change, and they're by, it's by text. So mm -hmm. every week, Do Something sends out a great campaign that you can participate in to do volunteerism that doesn't require money, an adult, or a car. It's mm -hmm. all for young people. Mm -hmm. And it was great, and it still is great. About 200,000 kids do every campaign. It's huge. But every week, a couple dozen kids would respond with things having nothing to do with the campaign, but things about being addicted to crystal meth mm -hmm. or a problem at home or a calculus final. And so, um, and we would triage those with some hotline numbers and, and some, you know, the best advice we could come up with, like talk to your school principal. And then we got a message uh, that really stopped us in our tracks. It said, he won't stop raping me. It's my dad. Mm-hmm. He told me not to tell anyone, and then the abbreviation, the letters, are you there? And um, so we gave her the phone number for RAIN, the terrific rape and incest organization in D.C., and I came back in the next day and said, what happened? And, and the truth is, Nikolai, we've never heard back from her. Yep. I've tried to 
call and text that number. We never heard back. And and I don't know if it was a burner phone. I don't know if her dad saw it. I don't know if she's dead or alive. And and actually, an employee about a year ago said to me, Nancy, you've always used a female pronoun. You don't even know that that was a girl. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it, within a week, I said, gosh, if they're going to text us with this personal information, someone needs to start a hotline by text. Yeah. And so I, I guess that was me. That's, that's sort of, yeah. Now, on one hand, I can imagine this is an amazingly rewarding task, a uh, rewarding job, but also a really, really stressful job uh, to be sort of sitting on the receiving end of, of, of these texts. Um, so how do, you, how do you train your volunteers? How do you, how do you support them uh, in, in, in training and responding? One of the best innovations about Crisis Text Line is this incredible volunteer corps. So we have, um, in the last 28 days, 4,712 crisis counselors have been on our platform. That is a massive wow. volunteer corps. Yeah, so um, it's the second largest distributed network of volunteers after Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's, it's next generation volunteering. There's Wikipedia and there's us. Otherwise, if you want to volunteer, you pretty much have to be based in a city and available during business hours. Right. But for us, these are people at home, in their jammies, on their couch. Um, our volunteer corps is totally distributed. You apply online, go through a background check, and a 30-hour training that not everybody passes. It's mm-hmm. only got about a 30% passage rate. This is hard. Wow. It would be easier to get most degrees in America. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then you can become a crisis counselor with us if you meet those high standards. And so these are veterans. There, we have two dozen people over the age of 70. Mm. We have stay-at-home moms. We have a lot of people in college and graduate school who are thinking about careers in counseling, and this is a great way to test mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, we have all kinds of people. It's a phenomenal way to volunteer, and our crisis counselors, I'm just going to put it out there, Nikolai, they're the best people in America. They're just, they're, they are. They're the most incredible people, and we love them. Yeah. Now, you, you also have some kind of professionally trained counselors. Is that right? We have supervisors, full-time staff, who have a master's degree in a relative field like social work or psych, and we have one minister. And so the supervisors are watching all the conversations in real time. Mm -hmm. So as a texter, you're being viewed first by an algorithm and then by, which I can talk about if you like, and Mm -hmm. then by the crisis counselor and also the supervisor. As a crisis counselor, as a volunteer, you're not alone either. Mm-hmm. chat with other crisis counselors, and the supervisors are watching all the conversations in real time. And when something really is imminent, when someone has met the ladder-up risk assessment, that means they have the ideation, the plan, the means, and the timing to commit harm to themselves or someone else. Those supervisors are the ones who call in the active rescue to 911. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the ones who make that decision and call in for help. And, uh, and by the way, we're doing that now on average 32 times a day. I was just about to ask that question just again to yeah, get our listeners kind of the, uh, the, the magnitude of the yeah. – uh, just give us a couple more numbers because the numbers are staggering of the number of texts you've been dealing with. And uh, yeah. you just give us a number of, of counselors, but just to give us a bit an idea of the scale. So 32 times a day um, is actually still – well under less than 1% of our volume every day. So it's tiny. Yep. Those are really edge cases. 99.5% of the time, we successfully help you feel better just in that conversation and point you in the direction of self-care 
and a plan um, to keep you safe. So um, it's 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 only about 0.5 percent, um, uh, um, half a half a percentage point of the time when we actually have to call in an active rescue. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the volume is staggering. We've processed over 87 million messages. Um, we were in all 295 area codes in the United States very quickly, all through organic growth. By the fourth month, we were everywhere. Um, you know, I got lots and lots of numbers. What numbers do you want to talk about? We love data here. We're very, very nervous. I know. <laughs> and I, I want to talk about the data a little bit more later. But but uh, I want to first take you up on the on the word algorithm. Uh, because, yeah. again, partly what, what allowed you, I think, right, kind of to scale uh, and to help you to triage and to help you to train is kind of the use of technology, right? This is not just uh, we, we're sitting in a room and waiting for the text to come in. So tell us a little bit about sort of the technology yeah. side of Crisis Text Line. Yeah, so um, so we built this in-house. We're built on top of Twilio. We love the folks at Twilio, but we built, we built all this technology in-house. About a third of our team here writes code hmm. or is in product and data. And um, um, I, I would say you used some magic words there. You talked about the algorithm and you talked about triaging. Let, let me explain how that works. Yeah. Um, we function more like a hospital emergency room, mm-hmm. right? So in the hospital emergency room, you come in with a gunshot wound or you come in with a heart attack, they're going to wheel you right in first. And the kid with the sprained ankle from the soccer game might wait an hour. Yep. And we think that's how a hotline should work also. Mm-hmm. So... <clears throat> When we first built this, we put in some words into the algorithm, uh, die, suicide, overdose, gun, and said, if those words come in, we should take those conversations first. And we did, and it worked pretty well. We took those high-risk people in under two minutes. That was pretty good. Mm -hmm. And then when our corpus grew to about 20 million messages, we layered on machine learning and said, what really is high risk? Yeah. When do we have to call 911? And we found some false positives. So, for example, the word suicide led to some false positives because people would text in saying, it's not like I'm suicidal or anything, uh-huh. but the algorithm would pick up the word yep. suicide and make uh-huh. the number one in the queue. It also found thousands of n-grams, bigrams, and trigrams. So that's words and word combinations that are more high risk than the word suicide. Mm. So, for example, if you text in, I'm in the military, that's twice as likely that that conversation will end up in us having to call 911 than if you text in, I want to kill myself. Hmm. The word military is a more lethal word, sadly, in America than the word suicide. Hmm. The unhappy face crying emoji is four times as likely that we're going to have to call 911 than the word suicide. The word gun is four times as likely that we'll have to call 911 than the word suicide. And do you want to guess the most lethal words in America that we see? I will not dare to guess. <laughs> okay. Well, what's the most common drug in your house, Nikolai? Oh, it's the ibuprofen, huh? Exactly. Ibuprofen, Advil, Tylenol, mm. Xanax, Percocet, any named pill, any named drug are the most lethal words that we see. Because someone not only has the ideation, but they clearly have a plan. And yep. they likely have the means because these pills are all right. around us and probably the timing because they're, it's imminent. They're thinking about this. Mm-hmm. And so those, those are some – or someone has already swallowed a bottle of something. Yep. Those are some of the most lethal words that we see. And so we put all of that information into the algorithm. And now we take our high-risk people on average in under 38 seconds. Wow. 
Now you just used that the, is uh-huh. an example of AI saving lives. Right. Now you just said we put this into our algorithm, or it's the algorithm that discovers it, right? Um, that's right. It's when I say put this yeah. into the algorithm, that's like sort of for lay people. For people right. who are actually understand what I'm talking about, <laughs> you, you understand that it's actually happening in real time, and it's, it's self-perpetuating. It updates itself, and so um, every day, based on our volume, velocity, and variety in that corpus, the algorithm is getting smarter. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like... Um, in all of those scary Terminator movies, how the, the robots get smarter, there are some yep. good robots out there. This is an example of a really good robot that gets right. smarter every day. So how much, um, you, so you, you, you started out and then you expanded quickly, right? Uh, and uh, how much of geographic variation uh, do you catch up? Or do you, do you oh, see? Oh, that's such a good question. So we mirror population. We skew young poor, rural, and diverse. Uh-huh. You can go into each of those if you like. But um, we, for the most part, mirror population bases. So we were in all 295 area codes, like I said, in yep. four months um, um, with some skew. We do see different issues in different parts of the country. That's a good question. So, for example, the number one state for anxiety is my home state of Connecticut. Mm-hmm. The number one state for suicidal ideation is a beautiful place, Montana. Mm-hmm. Um, we see all different kinds of trends, and we've aggregated and anonymized this data and made it open to the public at crisistrends.org. So anybody can go there and um, see the worst time of day for substance abuse by far is 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see the worst day of the week for eating disorders. Um, you can see what things co-present with bullying and with or with grief. And you can also see the word clouds, the top 35 words used in association um, with each of these issues. To me, the most fascinating thing that appears there is the word mom. The word Hmm. mom is a top 35 word in every single issue. Hmm. Anyway, I I encourage all of your your curious listeners to go to crisistrends.org and learn. That's great. Uh, for those of you just tuning in, you're listening to Mastering Innovation on Business Radio, uh, powered by the Wharton School. I'm Nikolai Zikolko, and I'm speaking with Nancy Lublin, the founder and CEO of Crisis Text Line. Now, you just, just talked about and uh, you know about this amazing amount of data that you're gathering, right, and that you are probably sitting on top of more detailed, granular data than you know about a particular topic <laughs> um, than, uh, than anyone else. Uh, and uh, you already referred to of kind of where you can at least find some insights into that. Now, all of this, of course, raises uh, kind of these interesting data privacy issues, right? Uh, and I know that you've uh, created a data ethics committee, and I'd like you to talk a little bit about that because I think, right, lots of firms are gathering lots of information and sort of data privacy has become a really important topic. And we think about healthcare in general and insurance, yada, yada, yada. So kind of how, how are you dealing with that side of this? You know, on the one hand saying, okay, we've got this great information, but on the other hand, of course, we want to protect, right, the privacy of, uh, of the people who call in or text in. I think, I think you nailed it. It is that balance. And I would say that the care of our texters is the thing that we, that we value most. So that includes um, both their privacy and their health and safety. So it's the care of the texters that's preeminent. So on their privacy, um, uh, you know, we, we before we ever launched, had a data advisory and ethics committee. My second hire here, the uh, first two hires were a chief technology officer, CTO, and a chief data scientist. Those were our, were our first two hires. Mm. So we were 
concerned about data privacy from the very beginning. We put lots of lawyers on the board. Um, we um, So we were very concerned from the beginning, and we've made it very easy to scrub yourself completely in our system. You text in the word loofah, and we'll scrub you, and we'll take all spellings of the word loofah. So we make it very, very easy to be scrubbed um, mm -hmm. immediately. And uh, we send the terms of service to you as the very first auto response that you get is the terms of a link to the terms of service. And by the way, I had my children when they were in fifth grade and third grade read the terms of service and tell me that they understood them <laughs> uh -huh. before we published them. Yeah, so yeah. They're, they're written so that a, a fifth grader and a third grader who didn't like to read at the time could understand them. Um, so that's, that's on the privacy side. But you're right. We also care about the health and safety of people. So we say in those terms of service, if we think that your life is in jeopardy, we're gonna we're gonna call in help, yeah, because um, we think that matters, yeah, and so um, and and so we, we you know we think that matters, um, and so uh, we've had to um, deal with all kinds of, of questions, and it's it's great that we've had that ethics committee there to help us, and this strong true north mm -hmm. of texture care being the most important thing. You know, I've been reading a lot, probably like you and your listeners have been reading a lot about um, for-profit companies dabbling in this space, and um, I only have one true north. I don't serve shareholders. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not serving advertisers. Um, all we care about is the well-being of our textures. So then tell us quickly about sort of how do you finance yourself? Um, um, well, you could write us a check if you like, Nikolai. Oh, um, <laughs> donations. How do we finance ourselves? We, um, they were based on donations. We don't, yep. we don't have any government funding and um, um, donations from very kind people. Mm -hmm. We are largely funded by some of the um, lions of Silicon Valley and the tech world, people who really understand um, that uh, tech solutions are fast and accurate and that innovation can lead to really exciting new horizons. So um, I'm grateful to people like Reid Hoffman, Piero Midyar, um, um, you know, the home office of yep. Melinda Gates and people like that for supporting us and really believing in what we do and, and pushing us to think in new ways. I'm, 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 I'm literally asking sort of, is there a donate button on the crisis text line? <laughs> oh, thank you for asking. Our yes, website. There is okay. a donate button. Good. If you go to crisistextline.org slash uh -huh. donate, we would love your money. But you know what? I'm going to put this out there. I'd love your time more. Yeah. Like it was Giving Tuesday this week, and I, I that's great. I I don't want your money. I'll be honest. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get the money from other people. Mm -hmm. You know what I want? I want your time. Mm -hmm. I want you to be a crisis counselor. I want you to apply online and go through that background check and the training. And I want you to um, to help strangers in their darkest moments. Yeah. It's the most beautiful. It's the most beautiful form of altruism. Mm -hmm. Strangers connecting with other strangers in their darkest times. We need more crisis counselors, especially if you have listeners who don't like to sleep at night or who are based in California or Hawaii mm -hmm. or outside the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, we need people in that 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. Eastern Standard Time block. Mm. So um, I want your time. I want people to volunteer. You can do this one on your couch, in your jammies, while eating a bag of Doritos. Come volunteer with us. Sounds like a good idea, doesn't it? Um, what I really like here is sort of our conversation about technology that quite often is seen as a substitute for personal interaction, right? Uh, and obviously that's sort of a lot of what right now the debate is about of who should have a phone and should our kids run around with phones and, and all of that. And, and here's again, I think, sort of a beautiful example of, of, of 
technology not substituting, but really being a complement, right, and facilitating interactions that, that had been previously impossible. I think that's well said. I think, I think of technology, I think of the phone like a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. It can be red or it can be blue. <laughs> you know, it can be used for good or it can be used yeah. for evil. And so does it, make my, does it make me nuts when my son plays Fortnite for like six hours on a Saturday? Makes me nuts. Um, but I also know that that phone is what has allowed um, that um, gay kid in Oklahoma to connect with other gay kids online and feel a lot less alone. Or um, that suicidal dad um, to text us and um, turn that car around and go back home and kiss his kids. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the, the, it can be used for good and it can be used for evil. And I'm really proud to be wielding blue lightsabers here <laughs> alongside all of our, cri- our crisis counselors. Yeah. This, we're, we're the Jedis, and um, to take this metaphor as far as I can, um, this, this analogy, but anyway. But um, knowing yeah, your Halloween just, costumes, that, that, that's good, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already ready for next year. Yeah, you got good. it. Anyway, yes, no, the phone can be used for good and evil, and this is definitely about um, forging human connections, not distancing people. Yeah. So maybe one, one more along the lines of... Um, I find quite fascinating you saying right now kind of crisis text line was a bit on the response mode, right? So you're sitting there waiting for a text to come. Uh, but now you're saying, look, there's even more data out there where we can potentially start to anticipate the need for intervention, right? And so I read about the idea of someone types in on YouTube things like how to kill yourself. First response is now, oh, why don't you maybe... <laughs> click I mean, on this. Click on this link to Crisis Text Line. So, so I'm, I'm think I'm asking you a little bit of sort of what other things are you trying to do to even extend your service right into the anticipation of need rather than just into the reaction to need mode. I mean, even in the reaction to read, we we haven't had any shortage in volume. Oh, yeah, I understand. We, yeah, no, we we want to make it easy to find us. I mean, to the yeah. point we want. I think that's absolutely right. So we're really proud of our partnership with YouTube. Um, um, we show up prominently inside YouTube, and we're grateful they were the first of those for-profit companies to reach out to us, um, who we partnered with. We also work with Kick, After School, Snapchat, Facebook. Um, um, we're really proud of the companies that we work with. And if I didn't name your company, you should call us. We'd like to work with you because we'd like to work with everybody, and we want to be wherever there is pain. We want to be there. Um, I'm also proud that we have partnerships with places like the Golden Gate Bridge or multiple universities um, other organizations like the National Eating Disorders Association, instead of all these places starting their own text line, they partnered with us and we gave this to them for free. Mm-hmm. So there's signage plastered all over the Golden Gate Bridge, text GGB to 741741, mm-hmm. that's our number. Yep. And we've had more than 400 conversations from the Golden Gate Bridge, mm. um, including I know a conversation just last week with a man um, who was rescued right before he was about to leap. So, um, you know, we're really proud of these partnerships, and we provide our service for free. It's basically like a white label um, mm-hmm. to all of yep. these keyword partners. We have about 170 keyword partners right now. Mm. So um, if you're a location or a not, an issue-based not-for-profit, we'd love to partner with you. And all that information is on our website at crisistextline.org. Um, or if you're a social media or search company or healthcare company, we, just, we want to help more people in pain. And, um, and you should partner with us as well. Great. Now I give you a, t- a difficult task. Tell me okay. in one minute, <laughs> that's the difficult part, <laughs> um, a bit about Loris AI. Uh, so, that's, <laughs> so that's sort Thanks. of the, the next thing, right, that Nancy is doing because Nancy doesn't need to sleep. Um, so 
because we've learned so much about um, emotion, so we know magic words like smart, proud, brave, impressive. Those are the magic words to take people from a hot moment to a cool moment. We started hearing from companies who said to us, can you help us with our customers and with our employees? And we said, well, that's kind of interesting. Hmm. And so we started a for-profit company. I gave the founders equity to Crisis Text Line. So Crisis Text Line owns 53%, and it's a venture-backed company led by A-list venture capitalists um, from Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, we are teaching companies how to handle emotion. They're very good at, say, rebooking your flight or mm -hmm. finding that lost package. Yep. But they're not so good at is making you feel okay <laughs> about the fact that you missed well, that, your grandma's funeral right. or making you feel okay that your package um, you know, arrived after Halloween. Yep. Um, and what we understand is emotion. And so companies mm -hmm. are spending money on free dink tickets or, or um, uh, you know, gift vouchers yep. um, and coupon codes. And what we're saying is if you were just better at emotion, um, you you could actually save yourself money that, right. and create greater customer loyalty. And we're trying to do it actually as a SaaS product. Okay. So um, so cool. we're working with some terrific companies. Yep. We can't talk about who yet, right. but Loris.ai, cool. uh, that's the new company. And if it does well, Crisis Textline yep. does well. Excellent. Well, unfortunately, that's all we have time for today. Nancy, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.